0: Plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Raptors Over Everything. You guys already know the deal. My name is Iman, and I want you guys to like, share, subscribe, do all of that good stuff. Leave a comment down below. But like positive vibes because we're coming off of a positive win. I am joined by Brandon today. Brandon of NBA Hangout and Brandon, how are you?
0: Good. I'm doing good. How are you doing?
1: Good. Good. Thank you for joining me today. You are you are uh, a Raptor slash Heat fan. Oh, you're a Heat fan, but you're since you're from yeah. here, I'm gonna call you a Raptor fan.
0: Yeah, and you're wearing I a Jays hat. I still I still rep the city. Like, come on, I have to rep the city.
1: There we go. There we go. Um, and I'm excited to have you on because I, I want to talk a little bit about the NBA Play-In Tournament that's coming up. But before we do that, we have to talk about the game that just was. Now, if you guys uh, have not already checked it out, i put out a game breakdown from the Spurs game, which was um, a classic. It was really fun. If a
0: lot, fun. a lot of fun.
1: It was. It was such. You did okay. So. It was such a fun game. Now I want to throw it to you because you put a compilation of some Scotty highlights and <laughs> I don't think that there's anyone we can really walk away talking about that. We can't really walk away from that game without talking about Scotty Barnes. This is a game yeah, yeah. that had Victor Wimpingama. All eyes were on it all over the world. Yeah, it was yeah. a game that took place at 3 30 Eastern time. It was shown in a ton of different countries. You had Dennis Schroeder and his, you know, feeble World Championship coming off of that. And you also had uh Victor Wembanyama, who everybody is watching. And so all eyes were on this game and it looked like a stinker. It oh, looked, it looked it like looked, a disaster. <laughs> I was like, I have to pod after this. Like I have to come up with stuff to talk. <laughs> and then the man, the myth, the legend, number four overall pick, Scotty Barnes came out. Now, what was your sort of takeaway from watching that game?
0: Um, it's kind of like, so yeah, I did, I did, a uh, post a video on the NBA hangout. I've been, uh, we started a podcast over there, um, yeah. at the NBA hangout. It's just talking about, um, everything that goes around, goes on around the league, uh, each week, me and my, uh, my friend, David, we used to be coworkers and now we, we don't live so close to each other. So we still want to get our basketball talking, but so, but we do it from a distance now, which is, it's all fun. So we do that weekly, um, just had our third episode out and, um, yeah, so when I was putting that compilation together, um, what I noticed right off the bat was his confidence in just getting to his spots and picking his spots and knowing when to take them, um, especially with the three-point shot. Like In the past, like he's been a little bit hesitant to take that shot, um, but now it looks like he's fully um, confident in shooting that shot uh, whenever it's open and even creating for himself, which is nice to see. When you get smaller guys on him, like even um, in that game, it wasn't really much of a smaller guy, but when Sohan was on him, he took him in the post, backed him in underneath the basket and just dunked on him. So he's finding all these different versatile ways to kind of impact the game at, at his will, which is really, really nice to see in his third year.
1: It's such a huge step. Also, yeah, Jeremy Sohan is so big. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. this is um <laughs> he's a
0: big guy too, yeah.
1: He's, he's a big guy too, but but Scotty yeah. can make anyone sort of look like a little bit of a Small. child, which is which yeah. is what Victor Wimpanyama can do to anybody. But yeah, you know what? Yeah, we'll yeah. talk a little bit about OG Ananobi in just a bit, who definitely did more than hold his own. I I I am mm-hmm. starting the campaign. OG Ananobi for defensive player of the year. Let's do it. But but we'll, we'll, I want to focus in on Scotty Barnes because he's having this breakout. Now, for a long time, the Raptors, Raptor fans, all of us have just been wondering about what the next step is for this team right the whole world anybody who follows the NBA it's like what direction are the Raptors going to go in and what does it mean who's your best player what like there were so many questions about this team and I think yeah we're seven games in (laughs) like it's still very early in the season but Scotty Barnes is taking that next leap. Everybody wondering, well, is he going to take that leap? Or when is he gonna take that leap? Is it gonna come in year four, five, six? What what whatever? It's happening right now. It's happening in year it's three. It's, it's happening here. at the beginning of year three. You mentioned it there. His assertiveness, his aggressiveness. You, you said taking those threes without hesitating. He tied the game up on one of like step it back. was yeah. that that step back three was an absolute beauty and just yeah, yeah. the the poison control. And for Raptor fans, how many games did we lose last year in the clutch? Because there was no one to really bring it home in the final minutes. Right. You have that guy. You went to that guy. He turned it on in the fourth quarter, and there's still like. It, Growth and there's there's lots of things ahead of him, right? Like we can talk about can't have three points in the first half, right? Like you can't have the start to a game where it feels like you're sleepwalking through it, but in the fourth quarter, you look like the best player on the court. A lot of people are wondering why Raptors Media and people are so hard on Scotty. And it's like, you're not hard on the person that you don't believe in. You're not like Malik. Oh no, no offense. I don't, (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to single anybody out. i'm not going to single anybody up but you're not hard on someone who you're like hey be like this is kind of what you what you are as an nba player for scotty it's like you can be the best player on any given night you can absolutely bully guys who are smaller than you you and like you're seeing him do that and defensively Mm -hmm. last year there was a lot of conversation about scotty defensively and kind of saw a little bit of a lethargic slow-footed kind of confused in the in bits of the first half and then the second half all over the place like he's been all season right like he's been so good defensively he's been so good on the offensive end and one thing that maybe we didn't foresee a lot one thing that people weren't you know wasn't sort of a knock on scotty is the shooting because if you don't have like that comes with time and it's come like it comes with time but somehow it's already there scotty looks like the complete package and that's really exciting and it's it's hard to not get ahead of yourself i keep having to remind myself we're only seven games in but he's yeah he looks like a complete superstar who can take over games the compilation that you put together was was brilliant it was just it's a lot of fun to watch scotty barnes play this early part of the season and i want to sort of take a look at some of his numbers because it's easy to just sort of throw it out right like defensively we can see it (laughs) you can see the improvements there um and i'm gonna I want next week's episode to really be focusing in on the team's defense and really take a look at Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, and Scotty Barnes and what that trio looks like defensively because last year, not so hot. And this year without Jakob, without a center, the three of them playing together, they're shutting guys down, and it's something yeah, that the Raptors have better. been doing. Yeah, it's something that the Raptors have been resorting to to close out a lot of games. So it's a lot of fun. But before we do that, I want to take a, like just focus in a little bit on Scotty Barnes's shooting. So last year, from three, just raw numbers, we're just looking at straight three-point percentage. He averaged around 28% on what is it here? I have it on two threes a game. Okay, 28% on two threes a game. That's fine. He's in his second year he wasn't projected to be a shooter coming in right. and now granted seven games into the season these numbers are very small but he's taking five threes a game and shooting 42 percent that is a massive leap yeah. and what's most important there is you are seeing guys bite on his fakes you are yeah, he's being respected def- he is being respected defenses trust that shot and are being forced to guard it and that changes the entire complexity of scotty barnes's game and quite frankly it changes the entire look of this raptors team who when we came into the season we were like they're probably gonna have one guy who's a a league average above league average shooter in their starting lineup in in og and Obi, but uh and dennis schroeder around league average there as well um but as a pull-up guy i think better than than uh og's numbers for sure and now it's it's Scottie Barnes. And that's like...
0: It's nice, yeah.
1: It's nice. It's nice when it's your best player. It's nice to have a go-to guy. Now, I I'm, again, we have to preface all of this with saying we're seven, seven games eight, into the yeah. season. Yeah. There are points last year where Pascal Siakam came into the league saying that he wanted to be a top five player. And the the game that he had against the Nets and then follow it up against the game against the Miami, there was that sort of back-to-back that the Raptors had against Brooklyn and Miami where he was putting up 40-point triple doubles and just absolutely like the best player on the court despite guys like Jimmy Butler and Kevin Durant and all these other players around him. He still looked like the best player on the court. (laughs) So again, still early on in the season and to really solidify yourself as the guy, you need to do it over a, a larger sample. But for people who are Scotty optimists, there's no good reason to, to not yeah. shut up right now. Just like And the like, And the thing
0: like about it. the and the thing about the three point shooting is um yeah. the volume. The volume. Like yeah, it's five um yeah, sometimes yeah. When you get the volume up, sometimes that efficiency drops. And so far with Scotty, he's gotten the volume up and the efficiency has rose as well, which is also like a good sign to see. Like he's confident in shooting those shots, like I said earlier, and he's yeah. making them. It's not like he he's missing them and like having to go through a rough stretch. He's seeing that ball go in and being not shy about taking more and taking taking more more in different uh, types of ways like. Uh, in that video yeah when I when I was putting it together you see yeah. catch and shoot you see pull-ups you see pull-ups. all types of different all different types of stuff you see step backs you see off the screen you see yeah. every type of way that you want to see a scorer score um, you're seeing Scottie do it and entering the league yeah that was a big question of his like I think yeah. um, some people might have called him a, a zero a zero <laughs> a zero what's it called
1: We'll um uh, fight zero level score.
0: it's looking okay. like the complete opposite right now, yeah. right? Like, He's a three making level people eat right now. yeah, exactly. He, so it's the growth is really nice to see
1: it's it's really nice to see. and I'm glad you you put it that way. Like he is exceeding everyone's expectations and doing it in at a time where like, People Like it's, it's faster than most people's timeline for him. And yeah. again, I want to preface this by saying we're seven days in, right? Like we're seven games in, I should say. And it's a long season, but there's reason for optimism and there's reason for hope. And this team and their this team's future looks a lot different when you know what your foundational piece is. Um, and there's a lot of conversations to be had about, well, how does that fit alongside a guy like Pascal Siakam? Because Siakam has struggled to start the year, right? Mm-hmm. Last year, Siakam could have very well have been All-NBA. If it wasn't for some injuries there that sort of took him out, I think he should have been All-NBA. Um, and so you have Siakam having an All-NBA season and then Scotty Barnes struggling for most of the year. And then this year, Scotty Barnes is coming out and we're seeing the worst start to Siakam's career as a starter yeah, at the very yeah. least, right? So um, it's finding the balance is going to be something for Darko Ryakovich to do and something that we'll probably be talking about quite a bit here. Because yeah. I'm not, I don't believe that it has to be one or the other. I wonder what your thoughts are on something like that. Do you think that the Raptors, someone from an outside perspective, do you think that the Raptors have to pick one or can you have both? I think just to add one more thing in here, a lot of people point to the fact that, you know, you can't have two guys that operate on the same areas of the court. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo do it quite well. Yeah, you can't have, you yeah. can't have two guys who, you know, have similar Even Booker struggles. and KD. Booker and KD. So, so yeah. So what are your, what are your thoughts on uh, Pascal Siakam uh, and Scotty Barnes pairing here in Toronto long-term?
0: I think it's, I think it's a balance. I think it's a balance that both players kind of have to go through. Like, like I'm a stranger with the heat. So yeah, I see the Jimmy and, and Bam kind of thing there. Like, players occupying the same space, but even on like a bigger level when um when LeBron and Wade were together. Like originally when they first started, they both occupied the same space and it was kind of like a my turn, your turn type thing. Yeah. It takes a while for players to kind of kind of figure out where their spots are, how to play off ball off each other. Mm-hmm. Uh like like this is the first year that we're seeing Scotty really have the keys to the offense and really get to run it fully. Um, so Pascal's gonna have to take some time to figure out what his spots are. Um, yeah. when 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 uh when Scotty's doing that stuff. I think Scotty has a better grasp of what he's doing when he's off ball um yeah. because he's had to do it for the first couple of years but now it's kind of like pascal's turn to kind of learn that game because to be honest like i know some people are kind of like jumping the gun or maybe not jumping the gun and want to like move one of the guys or like move pascal to to yeah. few things which personally like if i'm Building a team, I like to keep all the talent I can and try to figure out ways to win until you absolutely know that you can't. Um, Like I think, I think you try to make those guys work together and you try to figure out different ways, different even stagger minutes. Figure out like 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 you said, like it'll be a, a trick for Darko to do, but. I think it's early. We're seven games in. Um, it hasn't looked the best together right now, but I think yeah. that's something they could work on. They are probably they are of course aware of that. Um, and I'm sure they want to work to to make that better uh for the team as well. So I could see I could see that being something that um they work on uh, throughout this season and improving. Um and if not, then you know, you know you have your outs.
1: I and I, I completely agree with that. I think that like you can have your outs. I think you retain as much talent and you try to get it to work. I'm also like I just think Pascal Siakam and Scottie Barnes are both too talented to not have it work.
0: Yeah, to, to figure right? it out, yeah. Like they're, they're talented too talented. Talented players figure it out. Yeah.
1: Talented players figure it out. Um, Pascal has taken lead roles and Pascal has taken backseat roles before, right? Like we saw wow. him be the second to Kawhi Leonard. Um, yeah. You can have guys play in different roles and I think Siakam is, is... I don't see a reason why it can't work, but I understand that like because of the start... We get a little impatient, and it, it, here's yeah. the thing: in two weeks, we might be talking about Siakam as being the best player, and he's resurging, and it's all his All NBA case. But right now, it's Scotty. It's Scotty's Scottie, looking yeah. like that guy, and so it's it's interesting to see how Siakam can can kind of fit in, um, because when Jakob sits, Scotty can play your 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 nominal five, right? And you also having Scotty with the ball in his hands, he's kind of doing everything for this team. He is the nucleus of this team, and now it's important for everybody else to fit around him, and that's going to include a guy like Pascal Siakam as well. um, And it's, it's really the, the, the it's on Darko Ryakovich to make this work, but I did want to yeah. take a look at Scotty's pull-up numbers. Cause as we're talking about him as a superstar, granted again, seven games into the season, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot <laughs> couch any of what I'm saying enough, but um, I think one of the biggest reasons for me for that optimism is you mentioned how versatile his scoring has been. Um, and one of the main things when we're talking about being a superstar and taking that leap is your pull-up shooting. Can you do that? When Siakam had his all-NBA season, his pull-up numbers were elite. Um, and in years where it's taken a dip, last year wasn't that great. Um, uh, he's had his moments. Um, where, you know, he's not an all-NBA guy. So the difference in your pull-up shooting can catapult you from being just a regular all-star to an all-NBA guy. And with Scotty Barnes looking at his numbers here. Brandon, tiny sample size we're talking about uh, 29 field goal attempts from two and, mm-hmm. and 10 from three okay so tiny uh sample size here but he's shooting nearly 60 percent on pull-up twos nearly 60 percent
0: that's a high high mark yeah
1: that's a very high mark and he's four for 10 on pull-up threes so 40 percent on pull-up threes this is someone who has the confidence of a star and is taking them and making mm-hmm. them. We know that Scotty can bully guys underneath. We know that anyone yeah. guarding Scotty is going to be smaller than Scotty. And we know he if he can force his way down, if he can get downhill, if he can get to the rim. It should be a basket for Spotify, right? Like yeah, we like yeah. the the rebound that he got in the final moments of that game uh, against the Spurs, just like being bigger than absolutely everybody mm-hmm. on the court and grabbing that thing decisively because he's stronger than anybody yeah. else out there as well. Um, is why you know that like down low he can bully anybody, but being able to hit those pull-up shots is something that this team needed. It's something where all of us coming into the season were like, who's going to be your pull-up shooter? Like Can you rely on Dennis Schroeder to be that guy when he's, that's not really been his game. Dennis Schroeder also had a fantastic game against the Spurs yesterday as well, that I don't want to overlook, Um, but, but it was Scotty. And I think the Spurs game really highlights how important it was because that was a game where the Raptors who are an elite transition offense, they are, have the most points per possession in the NBA right now in transition. That's how that's their bread and butter. It has been for, the years, last five, yeah. six years, right? Like since Kawhi Leonard left, that's been their bread and butter. It was bad. It was bad against the Spurs. They were, it was their only game. Like looking at cleaning the glass right now, it's their only game that they were actually like, they were, they were really bad in transition. Uh, what do they have them here? What was their offensive rating? Okay. While I pulled that up, it was bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's the, it's the only, it's the only game here where you could say that. Um, and
0: uh, last year, last year if they have a game like that, just to yeah. d- d- but in quick, like percent? last year,
1: yeah, last sorry. year if they
0: have a game like that where the transition is not going, they're not winning that game. They're not like, winning it, that game. Yeah, they're not winning that game.
1: And like, and the reason they did is because they had a superstar who could get things to work in the half court. You half need court, to have yeah. a guy to be able to do that, and that was your Scotty Barnes. And I don't want to ignore the work that and Obi did as well, who. You know, it's hard to say kept them in the game because when you're down 19 at half, but kept them in the game in that first half to only be down 19, which made that comeback possible. Um, But yeah, so so any other thoughts about Scotty Barnes or anything else besides everything that I've thrown at you?
0: Uh, um, the, from what you've seen? The one other thing I'll touch on is like the defense. Um so I, I know like figuring out, like you said earlier, like the slow footedness and stuff like that on ball. But I think what's really shined this year is his off ball. Like even in the um yeah. the last possession there where he stole the ball just to uh, send it to overtime yeah. um, or give the, give the Raptors a chance to to so win the game, two. but eventually eventually went to overtime. But um, just seeing him his make some of those reads great. now. Yeah. His help defense has been great. I think he's up to like two around two ish blocks a game yeah. and almost a steal a game, something like that. Close to that. Last time I checked. Yeah. Um, and that's just to show like that his he's made that 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 effort and that um that is certain of on off ball to make sure that he can also make stops that way if he's not going to be the on ball guy because i know you're going to talk about the the defense next week with the raptors but um when you have og on ball and you can have scotty kind of roam i think that's kind of like in their wheelhouse and and yakub
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
0: In the back, just, you know, guarding anything at the rim. I think that's where you see that trifecta kind of work nicely together um, on the defensive end.
1: Yeah, I believe he leaves the league currently in stocks. So those oh, steals yeah, and blocks <laughs> combined. He's yeah. he's just been he's been a menace. And it's it's fun to watch because you know he had it. And it's just like, yeah. can you do it? Can we see it? Can you be yeah. engaged? And hopefully, like, I think the next step is like, can we get it for most of the game? <laughs> so yeah. we're not down few points yeah. uh, at the start. But um, hey, it was a 3:30 game, everybody's tired. I get it. Yeah, it Start of a long yeah, road trip, right. it happened. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But um, and, and here, it's an 82 game season, okay? The season is long. So games get boring. I get it. And the reason, not the exact i I was trying to do a segue. Um, but I got excited at the thought of me nailing the segue that I completely butchered it. (laughs) But we're getting into uh, the the play-in tournament. My whole thing was like, hey, Scotty, I get it. 82-game season, it's boring, it's long, (laughs) which is exactly why Adam Silver wanted to introduce the in-season tournament (laughs) to make it, there we go, to make it not a a boring season that guys can sleepwalk through, um, but actually make the games matter some. Uh so what are your thoughts on the in season tournament that has already begun for uh quite a few teams?
0: Um I I I enjoy it. Like the games the games on Friday were fun, but I don't think they've they're like really good season games still they didn't kind of reach that like playoff intensity still but it was nice to see like the switch up like it's nice to see a dedicated court even if i don't love all the courts it's nice to see that they're trying something and they you know if you're going to differentiate the kind of like the in-season tournament from the regular season in some type of way having those courts having those markers kind of help um make that apparent and you know i think it's yeah like fans complained for years about how how much they didn't like the 82 game season so why not throw in an in-season tournament just to spice things up like some people complain about like the rewards at a game, but like it's it's just for fun. It's just for debate's sake. It's for all that type of the fun, so we can have something to talk about, you know. Um. So personally, I I like it. I like where you are going with it. We'll see how it we'll see how it lands. Like it could be a complete flop in the end of December, but as it, as it stands right now, I, I have no real complaints except some of the courts. But aside <laughs> of that, I'm pretty I'm pretty content with it.
1: I yeah I I'm I'm with you I i like it because i'm already like looking at the raptor schedule and i'm like oh they better not lose that game but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. hey the south home on saturday it's coming up it's mm-hmm. gonna be a, it's gonna be a tough one. but um so for those of you guys who aren't aware of the play in season tournament um it's exactly what we're sort of talking about here these games kind of get stale there's 82 of them kind of not you know if you lose one nobody really cares a way that the NBA has decided to make it a little bit more intense, a little bit more interesting is to have a tournament uh, midseason. So the games, for the most part, are all going to count against the regular season. All of them will, except for the championship game. So how this works is you have um, three groups in the Eastern Conference and three groups in the Western Conference. All three groups will have five teams within them. Now, why the NBA just didn't say, you're already all divided by divisions. (laughs) Let's just do it. But like the Raptors are in the same group with two people from their division. And I think that's that's how it works for most teams. I think most Most teams teams, are in there with two teams from their division. And so it's like, what if you're going to put three teams in one division in a group anyway you might as well have put the entire division it makes divisions are are built for the most part now we've had expansion and all sorts of other reasons for why some teams are not in the proper division Uh, I think the Miami Heat at one point were in the Western Conference there's lots of reasons for why teams (laughs) are not in the correct uh, conference or division Um, but for the most part they're in the same division because travel is easiest so it makes sense for something like a tournament if you're going to have that to just group teams by divisions in my opinion like yeah, make divisions yeah. matter for something matter, they don't some matter yeah. at all yeah, yeah. No anymore
0: so yeah, like, like triple at, tie breaks or something like that. It's like, if it's a triple yeah. tie break, it's the only time it matters.
1: Cause yeah. like, it used to be that divisions mattered. A leader from each division needed to be in the top four. They needed to have home court advantage. That right. does not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So because it doesn't exist anymore, who cares? Like, yeah, let's yeah, like yeah. make divisions mattered. matter in some way. Um, but whatever, I'm not in charge of that. I don't know. Uh, people smarter than I decided that it mm-hmm. divisions don't matter at all. Um, but we still separate teams by them. I don't. I don't know why. Um, but anyway, so you're you're playing the in-season tournament against four other teams in your conference, and you play every Friday. It's gonna eventually be Tuesdays and Fridays, and um, it's for those of you guys who watch Team Canada. It's very similar to you play teams in your group based off of the who has the best record they'll advance to the knockout round so one team from each division advances including two extra teams one from the east one from the west and it's also by record um get to go in and then you have a knockout round style uh, and that's all going to count towards your regular season record. So these are not additional games. These games actually matter to your regular season record, but there's also another prize on the line. And um, then you have your championship game. The championship game will take place in Vegas. And that one will just be an extra game. <laughs> that one <laughs> will be for some teams, their 83rd game of the season uh, for two teams at the very least. And um, yeah, I-, I like the idea. I just wish the stakes mattered more. Mm-hmm. I want like a buy into the playoffs or something like that. Like I think that like if you see ex- excel in the play-in tournament, you get a buy into the playoffs. There you go. What are your thoughts on something like that?
0: I don't mind that. I think getting a, a stake in the playoffs might be a little too rich because then you could just have a, a complete fluke team, like like just like the Wizards, for example, just get hot you and dick. then they just. I'm <laughs> down. down. I don't mind a play in though. Like I think you can guarantee you get one of those play in in the play in, play-in, okay. in the play-in spots, and then you can fight towards getting into the playoffs. I think. Okay. For me personally, playoffs might be just a step too far. But playing, I think, is fair. Like playing, you're still battling your way into the playoffs. But you, if you're if your season is a disaster, like if someone gets a major injury or something like that, that but you started off really good and you're good in the in season tournament, you still have that chance to fight back into the into a playoff spot. I think that that something like that can work. Yeah, the stakes the stakes as it is is kind of you know, a little stale. Um, we'll see we'll see if it like affects anything like yeah. like the the conversation of things. Like once it gets to the, I think once we get to the knockout rounds, we'll really know how how we as a collective feel about the feel about the whole concept because if those games aren't intense and they don't have like uh, uh a feeling that playoff they matter vibe? yeah yeah playoff vibe then i then we might have to <laughs> revisit the whole thing
1: and and this is okay so maybe i'm just a little cynical because i don't like are they not just going to feel like regular season games like it's, uh, it's a worry just, yeah <laughs> it's and that to me is a worry but if the playoffs are on the line i think it changes everything because yeah. you hear me out hear me out Yes it's going to suck. Like, the the way that it does not work is is that one conference will be at a disadvantage because one team wins and so it's like okay well if a team in the west True. wins yeah, yeah, yeah. then like the east playoff brackets look normal but then the 8th seed in the west gets kicked out. That's kind of unfortunate for the team in the west. So I think it's unfair that way and I don't know how to make it work. I don't know if you make the two fi- I don't I don't know how to make that work. Yeah. But um here's why I'm fine with it. Number one, I think the games will actually have some playoff intensity. If you know that you can secure a playoff spot in December, that's true. then you're going all out. So that's number one. Number two, I like don't feel bad for the eight seed that gets knocked <laughs> out because it's like you shouldn't have been an eight seed then and maybe it's wrong to say this to you know someone who's a fan of the miami (laughs) heat who just had a spectacular run but like take those games in december seriously like hey i'm not picking you gotta talk to
0: jimmy man gotta get more coffee
1: (laughs) but here's the thing (laughs) if jimmy knew that a play, imagine imagine this jimmy butler knows that he can secure a playoff
0: oh man
1: in december jimmy is winning those games we yeah, are seeing playoff yeah. jimmy in <laughs> december and we are not seeing jimmy until april again <laughs> okay <laughs> like he is going to take a lot of time off um but i just i think that like the playoff intensity is going to be a lot of fun i also think that like hey if if a team that let's say like what's a young team like the the, the thunder have not made the playoffs yet
0: that's really? exciting for their fan base. Right. No, well, they, they were in the play. They, have, in. they were but in the play-in. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, but they like, they made with it with Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah. Not this not this build. Not this build. Yeah.
1: yeah. So like imagine how fun that would be. Like, imagine how like for these young teams that might not have a chance at it, they get a chance at it now. And I think that like it makes the regular season fun. It also throws in this bit of variable, this bit of chance, um, into the whole NBA landscape. It gives teams like, like, imagine if the in tournament remember when in the bubble when the phoenix suns won every single game in the bubble
0: oh like when uh, yeah yeah and they still didn't make the play and they still didn't they... make the playoffs <laughs> yeah. like yeah, yeah.
1: imagine if that was like imagine if those eight games that they played in the bubble was actually the play-in tournament then they would have just made it in yeah, and i yeah, think that that's like exciting. for a team that goes that because it's hard to win this play-in season like this like you're going knockout games against some of the yeah. best teams in yeah. basketball if you can manage to like pull that off for november and december and actually be the final team standing you deserve something in my opinion and for young teams i think they're going to want to try like orlando this might be your best bet of making the playoffs or like detroit or some of these teams and i i like it i think it's fun i just don't think it works because one team is going to one conference is going to be at a disadvantage over the other one and like i don't think you should award two teams this sort of buy-in i think it should just be the one final team standing and that that will screw over one of the one of the two conferences so that doesn't work but
0: i think there's something there though like i think there is something to having those games g- making making sure that those games matter cuz yeah as it stands yeah. right now uh, teams that make the knockout round might just see it as another 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 point in the schedule um what would be interesting though is if teams who do make it to the knockout knockout round use those games as kind of playoff prep like if it's a lot of playoff teams that okay. we see anyways like yeah. maybe they can use those games as like okay guys like this is a this is a game that we have to take serious and we're going to prep yeah. for this game as if it's a playoff game um and treat it that way like if the incentive from the NBA is not going to be there then the teams right now would have to take the onus on themselves to figure out ways to kind of motivate the guys in that sort that type of way cuz that in itself can be valuable cuz you don't get yeah. like like for these young teams like a Detroit or or a or a Magic or something like that they don't get these opportunities to really play high high intensity games so if these games can end up to be something like that, that could be value in itself for, for developing a developing team.
1: Yeah, no, I completely, I completely agree. It's it's the same conversation that everybody's having over the all-star game, right? For a while, it was like, Oh, this Elam has changed everything. Guys are now wanting to play. And it's like, the ending didn't do that. The guys wanted to play because of Kyle yeah, Lowry. Kyle, Kyle took <laughs> some charges. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle wants to win, okay? Kyle yeah, wants yeah. to win and he's going to play gritty and dirty. And when you're taking charges in an all-star game, other guys are going <laughs> to be like, what the heck? And they're going to want to play hard. So like, you just need one person to buy in. So to your point, yeah if it's not going to be the league that makes the incentive big enough that guys want to buy in it's got to be on the teams and i think the fact that these games count towards the regular season guys still want to win every single regular season yeah. game there is that incentive but then the final game the final game does not count towards the regular yeah. season and i yeah. think that like maybe maybe That's make what the that trick one is. count
0: yeah i think yeah.
1: like if you win it should count as a win. And if you lose, it shouldn't count at all. So that way your record can only be bumped up by one game, but like you can never get docked for losing that game.
0: Yeah. Making it that far.
1: And like, maybe that could be, maybe that could be it. Maybe a buy into the playoffs is too big of a jump, but I think something like if you win that final game, well then you get an extra game. So like, let's say the Denver Nuggets are the final team standing and they get to win it all. Mm -hmm. And they finish with a record that's tied with, I don't know, who's a team that's unstoppable right now the, the Dallas Warriors. Mavericks have not Sorry, lost Ma- the- yeah, <laughs> the I don't love it the more war- I hope the Mavs lose on Friday we'll talk about that <laughs> a little bit or Wednesday <laughs> we'll talk about that in a little bit but um let's say um if you know let's say they're going up against the Warriors the Mavs and they have the tied record well the fact that the Nuggets won the play-in season tournament gives them one extra win so now they technically have played 83 games but their win percentage is just that much better that it edges them out I think something like that makes That's a lot more sense than just it's yeah, a game. You that sold me on that yeah, yeah? yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, now, speaking of a team who I do not want it to be, because I don't want them to have the best record only because I want them to make sure to lose the next game <laughs> is the Dallas Mavericks. Now the Raptors are going to be going up against the Dallas Mavericks uh, on Wednesday, which will be tomorrow. Once you guys hear this, um, have you watched any Mavericks? Do you have any thoughts on what Luca and Kyrie are up to there?
0: Um, Kyrie's just been like in and out of the lineup, so that's yeah, <laughs> that's neither here. No, that's Kyrie. That's a Kyrie experience, which is what Kyrie uh, has
1: been up to. luka has yeah, been unstoppable, yeah.
0: but yeah, Luca Luca's been having quite the season right now, and I think he's he's shown a level that if he can sustain this, would be somewhere in the MVP talks. But we're talking about the Raptors and how they can get this win over Dallas, and I think right now, like when you look at when you look at Dallas, their offense has been unstoppable, but their yeah. defense has has kind of been where you can kind of hurt them. Um, The Raptors offense has been here and there, like as you say, transition, but I think that's somewhere where you could really punish a team like the Mavericks who don't really get back as much and aren't focused in that type of way. So if the Raptors can get out and running early, I think that's somewhere, a place where they can hurt them. You do have good defenders. Like you have OG who you can throw onto Luka. You do have the help behind him to kind of suffocate Luka in different ways and throw him different types of looks here and there with Pascal, Scotty, and whoever. Um, so yeah, I think the Raptors have the potential to do something and to get that win over the Mavs, but we'll we'll see how that uh, comes to fruition.
1: Yeah, no, they have the second best net, uh, second best offensive rating in the league right now, second to only the Boston Celtics, who've just been absolutely unstoppable on the offensive yeah. end, and their defensive rating right now is ranked twenty second. So um, you're you're right about that. Like, and I'm I'm very interested to watch how this team sort of stacks up like against for one I I just because my uh, propaganda brain is working and I am on OG Ananobi defensive player of the year (laughs) uh tip he has looked phenomenal I mean he just played against Victor Wimbingyama and I thought he did a phenomenal job against a guy like Victor Wimbingyama and we also have seen him go up and guard Giannis and Dame and Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid and like
0: whoever you need you whoever yeah. you
1: need and it is obviously Luca is going to be the guy um in that game and so I'd like to see some someone who's starting off the game this season so incredibly hot see Gianna Nobi, get to take a look at him and and what that looks like yeah. because I've yeah. got agendas to push and um <laughs> Og Ananobi has just been absolutely spectacular for the Raptors, not just on the defensive end but on the offensive end as well. As we've sort of talked about the struggle in getting Pascal and Scotty to sort of fit together, someone who I think has fit in seamlessly has been a guy like Og Ananobi. Um, and yeah, I've just it, for my OG propaganda, I'm looking at this Dallas game because I'm gonna I'm gonna come through with some receipts if he does what I expect him to do no, <laughs> in I a game like yeah. that.
0: I think it could give him some trouble. Like, I think he's the type of build that, like, I mean, yeah, he gives everyone trouble, but... He um, gave
1: Luca a lot of trouble last year. I think that yeah, was the game yeah. where Luca had, like, single-digit points or no, single-digit no. uh, field goal attempts or so- something. I I'd have to had to a, hit a bad numbers. shooting.
0: Yeah, he didn't shoot well against him at all. Um, so yeah. I think it's something that... Um, it's definitely something that Luca doesn't want to see. And again, like I said earlier, like, I think the defense that you have behind them this year with Sky taking that leap on that end, uh, on, off ball, and digging, digging and coming back, I think is really something that we're going to see in full force or we'll have to see in full force uh, to slow down this Mavs team. Like Grant Williams has been playing well for them. That's been a good pickup for them. They've, they've gotten um, the rookie Derek lively over there who's who's looked good as well, but he's still a rookie. He's still a rookie. So it's someone that you might be able to attack and still catch on the off night because they're not used to the 82 grind of the, of the NBA season.
1: Um, no, you're I mean, you're entirely correct. That was a I'm, I'm looking at the, the numbers from last season's game. Of course, Pascal gets his revenge. He had his groin injury against the Dallas mm. Mavericks that kind of shook up the entire season uh, for both him and the Toronto Raptors. So you get some revenge yeah. in there on those slippery floors um and looking at this odian and obi had 12 of his 26 points in the fourth quarter as the raptors beat the mavericks so he was the the lead scorer of the game shut down luka Doncic, and also put up 26 points he outscored luka Doncic in that game (laughs) so um yeah this is it's gonna be a fun one I, i think you know the vibes with the raptors i should never say it's gonna be a fun one because after a big win it just seems like so it's a couple of losses that break you and break your heart so um hopefully it's good hopefully the vibes are still high as i come back next time to you guys thank you so much brandon for joining me please tell oh, out the you. fine folks where they can find you
0: uh you can find me on twitter slash x at uh bjay93 underscore or you can follow the podcast at the M- nba hangout it's presented by playbook uh sports which you can follow at playbook sn uh on twitter as well and Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. I've had a great time talking basketball with you. And, uh, and uh, yeah, thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for joining me. And everyone, do check it out. Like I said, he put together that bit on Scotty Barnes. I retweeted it as well. And it's just fun. It's fun to watch Scotty Barnes be Scotty Barnes to start this season. Watch
0: him cook, man. Watch him cook.
1: <laughs> all right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, once again, like, share, subscribe, leave a comment, and do all that good stuff. Bye.
0: Bye. Peace.